Hey y'all, welcome to the Visit Roswell podcast where we talk all things tourism and hospitality related in Roswell, Georgia. We will be interviewing our partners all throughout the community and hopefully inspiring you to plan a trip to visit Roswell at your natural pace. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, this is Andy Williams, Executive Director of Visit Roswell, and welcome back to another episode of Crafting Roswell, uh, the podcast put on by the Roswell Convention and Visitors Bureau, where we talk all things hospitality, tourism, and travel throughout our community. And um, it's a pleasure to have on with us today, Carol McEwen with Lily Sage Apothecary. Uh, We love being able to talk about our local retailers and um, to feature all of our different amazing partners in that regard. And this is a uh, very fitting considering we've launched our logged off and local campaign, which is all things local retail and boutique shopping. So Carol, it's a pleasure to have you on. Wow, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much. I, I, as you were speaking, I heard you mention the word craft and I was particularly thrilled that I was invited to be part of that, that discussion to start with because that's what we do. We, handcraft. That's right. Well, and that's a perfect little kind of um, segue into the first question. Um, you know, Carol, you guys are, are awesome. I, you know, I've been in there. I know Ted from our office and Danielle have been in and um, you have a quite quite the following. But for our listeners who perhaps don't know what Lily Sage Apothecary is, give us a little background on yourself and really kind of how you got into uh, to opening the business and to making soaps and all that good stuff. What's the rundown? Oh, well, well, so it did all start with soap. I have to be honest. Um, When I was a very young woman, excuse me, I was a hippie. And uh, I, I, on my website, make a joke, contrary to popular belief, hippies weren't all dirty. um, We made soap. (laughs) So I've always been, I've always loved cooking. I've always loved oils. I've always loved the combination of how things affected you medicinally, oils affected you medicinally, things from the earth. That's always been something I've been very attracted to. So that's throughout my entire life. My father was a surgeon. He has passed, but he he loved that I delighted in uh, how a natural thing could affect you medicinally. Right. Healing. Mm-hmm. So it kind of sprang out of that. And soap is fun to make. I mm-hmm. enjoy it. Um, I had, a, I'm old enough that I should be able to tell great stories. You know, I'm one of those people that when you get old, you should have lots of stories. And I do. I have lots of stories. I've moved all over the country. I've done different things. And one of my chapters was in um, a very corporate uh, role. And yes. so I did that while I was a single mom raising children, trying to make money. And then I retired from that and began to look back at, well, who am I? And what do I really want to do now that I'm pre-retirement? I like to say yeah. <laughs> <laughs> post-corporate pre-retirement. And uh, so basically I knew that I had something I could sell because everyone who used it loved it. And that was my soap. And I could design different recipes, base or formulas to, to do and address different issues and had been doing that for many years. I thought about opening a butter business. Okay. I'm a craft butters. 
and I went and I was concerned though about uh, spoilage. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and so far, I really don't have to worry about that. So yeah, sure. as I built a business, that wasn't going to be one of the big concerns. So, um, so it, that was it. It was okay. We're going to do this. And then it was an easy evolution for me to add other things to our menu because of my core interests being oils. So obviously things like charcoal masks and body oils, using essential oils properly. How do you use them and how do you apply them, mixing them with different carriers for different purposes to achieve different things. So how does that sound? Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. Well, let's talk about too, you know, the actual location. Um, how did you end up in that spot? Oh, that was uh, very logical. Okay. strictly logical one of one of those chapters in my life that i kind of skipped over was in a commercial real estate okay and so i spent a whole lot of years in commercial real estate which ultimately led me to the corporate life mm -hmm. and um i was looking around roswell and canton street all the buzz but high cost mm -hmm. And availability was extremely limited. And um, remember, I had to have not only a place to sell, but a place to create the craft, to make right. things and uh, storage and other challenges. So, and I looked for industrial. I wanted to be very village. That mattered to me a lot. That was a top priority. I live in historic Roswell. I wanted to be able to walk to work or bike to work. That those were important priorities. Yeah. And I, I felt like uh, connecting to the people of Roswell was such a high priority that if I just took an industrial space kind of outside of town, then I wouldn't be able to invite that connection. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I not only it causes me to grow and I thrive on it is the feedback on my products. Mm -hmm. it, it's imperative. I, it can't be understated. And because I'll, I'll, I'll craft something and it, it might be technically wonderful, but I've got to hear a hundred people tell me yes, or maybe um, I've got to hear it to, before I'm going to spend the money to, to actually move full, full on production. Which sure. is a very expensive proposition. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So back to your question. Um, there was this cute, weird little building at the intersection of Fraser Street and Highway 9, Alpharetta mm -hmm. Street, a kind of pie wedge shaped building. And it had been sitting here for a little while and it didn't have the Canton Street rents. It had 1,850 square feet, which enabled me to do what I needed to do with the building. And it was located what would be adjacent to a major development. Right. Which meant that the, it gave me time to really bring up my craft, get known, and then be able to hopefully really see a, a, a surge, a giant surge in the visibility of my business. Absolutely. So it was all by design. <laughs> yeah, perfect. And uh, you know what Carol's referencing to our listeners is, uh, you know, she's going to be right there, pretty much abutting the Southern Post development, and that's going to be a mix of, uh, you know, there's going to be high-end townhouses, um, office space, retail, restaurants. So I, yeah, Carol, talk about a prime location for you, especially within the next couple of years. Uh, I imagine outside of the traffic that you already have, that's really going to be an uptick uh, for what comes with that. 
Yes, I think so. And I, I have been able to uh, create a following mm-hmm. of persons who have utilized my soap and other products. I have other products, but at sure. uh, some point along the way, I decided that I wanted to sort of mature my skills. Okay. So I took on formal education um, from a UK-based accredited university that uh, focuses on specifically international law and the chemistry associated with cosmetic formulations. Okay. So um, I, I've been through their program, which in the United States is kind of an equivalent to an associate's degree. Mm-hmm. And then taken on uh, several certifications to add to that um, because, you know, you have core classes and then you have additional classes. So um, I've stepped up my skill level and uh, in, in a very formal sense because my ambition was to create a facial line of, of products. Okay. And that's that's just not something you enter into without really much much more formal knowledge of chemistry right so the hippie in me just had to grow up a little (laughs) got it well let's talk about too you know we ted and i've been in there um and and have walked in when you're behind the the counter and you've got the oils and you're making things happen right there on the spot and you've even you know dabbed a little sample in my wrist and said smell that what do you think of that you know (laughs) so i love that and it's so cool uh, to kind of see you doing that so talk to us about the process of actually, and let's talk about specifically with the soaps, what that all looks like, because you've got a, a whole line of soaps. Um, you know, you got a charcoal soap that I know I've purchased, but what is that? What's that process look like? Well, for making soap specifically, and it's really not that different for any of my products, but um, uh, because we do it right here on property, really very visibly for the customers, if they happen to walk in at the right time. Um, as I run low on a particular thing, I schedule to make it. And so I keep all of the ingredients in the back in the storage room. So for soap, um, whatever particular soap I'm making that day, I'll pull out all the ingredients and then sit down and you have to put different oils into different pots for different temperature applications because there's a chemical hot and a heat hot. Um, so yeah, I, for example, I have to heat oils up to a certain temperature for the, oh, technically the saponification process. Okay. These, these are, let me back up just a second. I apologize. (laughs) I'm talking about cold process soap as opposed to hot process soap, hot process soap being liquid soap. Um, I started out selling liquid soap, but I've really defaulted to only cold process soap in the store. Um, it's embraced better. Um, so anyway, so you separate out your different oils that according to their ten- temperature sensitivity and um, you have, <clears throat> excuse me, um, additional bowl for things that are come in at the very end of the process, mm-hmm. things that are very, very temperature sensitive, like essential oils. And then you have another bowl that is water and lye combination. And so basically what happens is, is you mix the the lye with the larger um, amount of oil and it begins to convert it uh, it it's the catalyst to cause the saponification process okay and uh, what ends up happening because you know oil and water don't mix right um, it bonds with it and changes it so that it chemically it can now 
uh, play well with water. Got it. Okay. Okay. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And, and when you get everything at just perfect temperatures, you mix and, and then there's during that process, you come to a, a certain point in the process where you can bring in and process additives like the essential oils mm -hmm. and those other temperature sensitive oils. And you mix and mix and mix, and then you pour into a um, mold. And that mold has to go into what's called the gel phase, okay. which is you put it, basically kind of put it in a little self-heated oven because chemically it's going to get hot. Mm -hmm. And um, you want that. And it kind of is a sort of mild cure on its own. And then after that period, you pull it out and cut it. And then you put it in an open air environment where it can cure. And the curing process is very important. I cure for 45 days. Wow, okay. Yeah, um, a minimum 30 days, unless I'm gonna chemically treat it, which I prefer. If, I, if it doesn't have a purpose, I don't put it in. And I feel like air is, the, is a better way to cure. Mm -hmm. So uh, I don't put anything extra in it to force cure. I like it to naturally cure. And so, then you can use the soap. And the curing process is very, very important for soap because it will, again, chemically change. The bubbles will get bigger. It uh, has a, a sort of crystalline change and it's much more fun to use. It won't melt quickly in your shower. Okay. So it's a lot better. Have you ever had a bar of soap that you bought and melted right away? Oh yeah. Yeah, that's because it wasn't cured. And a lot of people, uh, may not have um, the opportunity either financially or in their space uh, enough room yeah. to allow for curing for a period of time because I have this big area with lots and lots of soaps right <laughs> yeah. well you are uh, I mean it's very clear that you are good at what you do because what you just said I mean I had no idea there was that much that went into it uh, and that's incredible in 45 days yeah I mean that's yeah I just had no idea that's awesome <laughs> Well, thank you. And different oils do different things and studying yeah. the oils and knowing what they do is part of the fun. That's yeah, that's amazing. Well, so we talked about soap. So tell us about some of the other products also that, you know, our, our visitors can expect to see at Lily Sage. Okay. Well, it's not just all Lily Sage products. I'll start there. Mm -hmm. um, I kind of surround all the Lily Sage brand items with beautiful gifts and lots of different candles. I'm not a candle manufacturer, although I'm about to start selling a Lily Sage candle and a Lily Sage diffuser. I'm moving into some lifestyle items, but I'm hiring specialists who do that. Um, to produce those for me because it's just not my wheelhouse to make candles. Sure. I, I, I have my hands full. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Skincare <laughs> and other things. So yeah, so I have a, a local candle maker who is very highly thought of who's manufacturing my candles for me. And those will be on the shelf sometime in about six to eight weeks. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I've crafted what I call the Lily Sage scent. The, um, you know, a little while ago, I said that people come into the store and I get feedback from them. Mm -hmm. And one of the overwhelming and repeated feedbacks is, is I want to, I want my home to smell exactly like it smells in the, your store. I hear that all the time. And that that's kind of impossible because, well, how do you distill the scent of zillions of different candles and right. you know, <laughs> essential oils and all kinds of fun stuff? 
So I spent a lot of time thinking about it and I crafted a scent that is, it could be called two, two and two, but we're gonna call it Lily Sage. It's two florals, two citruses and two herbals. Okay. And it kind of does smell like Lily Sage. So I, I'm moving forward with that scent for my new lifestyle products. That's awesome. Okay, so six to eight weeks. Six to eight weeks. All right. Lily Sage. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Well, and I've, um, you know, I know, you know, even outside of those types of things, um, you know, you got a section for men as well. I've, I've come in and I bought a flask from you. I mean, so it's, um, it's not just for the ladies. I mean, it's, uh, I think, you know, a lot of what you offer appeals to the whole family. So um, it's, it's great. And I would encourage everybody to take a look and stop by for sure. Um, so uh, I mean, now, I, let me interject one thing really quickly. One sure. thing that very much surprised me when I picked the colors, for the store. I purposely did that to attract men mm -hmm. and it worked because I would say surprisingly about 40% of my shoppers are men. 40%. Wow. A absolutely. <laughs> wow. There you go. Yeah. So guys well, yeah. come in. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And Hey, gifts for the wives, spouse, partners. Yeah. Get in there and, and you know, get hooked up at Lily Sage. No doubt about it. Um, I bought my wife um, several things from there as well. So i um, highly encourage a visit to it. So and Carol, let's talk to you about, you know, we always ask our guests on the podcast to share something that perhaps audience members, visitors, customers may not actually know. We've heard a wide variety of things. So is there anything about Lily Sage that perhaps your audience or your visitors don't know about you? Something you'd like to share? Um, I love Scottish Terriers. <laughs> okay, there you go. <laughs> no, I can't. No, I can't. I can't really think of anything. I'm sorry. Um. Yeah, I, I I can't seem to tame my imagination. Okay. I, I, I don't know if I ever will. Yeah, so that keeps you moving forward, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what would you say, Carol, some of your top selling products are? Is it primarily around soaps or are there any sleeper products that you sell a lot of that, that are unexpected? That's a really great question and thank you for asking it. Um, my soaps sell pretty equivalently with the candles that I have. And okay. of course, again, they're from other vendors and uh, they trend kind of neck and neck and have uh, since I opened. There is a number one seller and that is the charcoal soap. Okay. It, it, it clearly is the front runner when it comes to soap. Um, my new Topaz facial line has been really wonderfully embraced. And I'm thrilled about that. And I actually haven't formally launched it. I'm going to in about, again, six weeks. I, a lot of locals don't realize that it hasn't been formally launched because they've been able to walk in and buy it. But I've been working on packaging and working on the website, hired an SEO specialist. Of course, we all know about that. And oh, yeah. it's um, right. And we're redesigning the website. Um, so I've watched that growth outpace my other products, which really surprises me. Mm -hmm. There's just such a fascination with it. And I'm, I've been very, very, very selective about what I put in it. Sure. And okay. So that I know it's something that when my customer walks out the door, they're going to go, I really, really like this. And I, I, I'm building trust. Right. Absolutely. So that's um, anyway, it's a, 
we'll see where that goes. Check with me in a year and I'll let you know. <laughs> okay. Yeah. We'll do a follow-up. We'd love to do that. Great. <laughs> um, well, and Carol, something too, shifting gears a little bit and, and really kind of bringing this back to community and partnerships is you have a soap with From the Earth Brewing Company over off Holcomb Bridge on the east side. And um, I know I don't want to steal your thunder and talk about that process, um, but that's really kind of a cool thing you've got going and it utilizes the spent grain. So can you tell us about how that, that partnership formed? Absolutely. I'd love to. Uh, and that one is that's kind of a fun soap. It has grown to my number three seller at this point. Okay. And um, so this it, popularity is definitely there. Uh, if, if anyone has ever used an oatmeal soap, it's kind of like that, only much, much better because oatmeal soap kind of gets mushy and this doesn't get mushy. So I describe it as a scrubby soap. Um, but basically what happened was is uh, when from the Earth Brewery opened, I went there and met with Tim, uh, one of the owners, and said to him, you are farm to table restaurant and I am farm to bath, so we need to do something. And um, he kind of looked at me like I was a little crazy. <laughs> he did, he did. I love you, Tim, but he did. Yeah. And um, so we didn't we didn't jump on it at first and then his wife his very beautiful wife lisa called me up and said hey why aren't we doing this and i said yeah 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 so um she really uh, she really is the one who rolled with the whole thing anyway she brought over spent grain we learned very quickly we had to toast it um and once toasted i can then infuse it in aloe vera and lavender Okay. And I make soap from it. And when I first make it, it smells a little bit like bread. But, and I don't know, that's a lovely scent. I don't know that everybody wants their soap to smell like bread. Mm -hmm. So I was a little leery, but by the time it's cured, it has a beautiful scent. Okay. And, um, and I will tell you, scent drives the sale of almost all soap. So people want scent in their soap. And yeah. it's pretty, it feels good to use, it lasts a long time, and um, they have been the best relationship. I just love making soap with them, and they sell it at their restaurant as well. Right, at yeah, the brewery. Sure mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, wow, this is great. Um, so, Carol, let's kind of talk tourism, travel. Let's talk about the visitor that comes into Roswell. Uh, we, we know that we get a lot of visitation from other communities, um, other drive markets, and outside of the state. Um, and, and so let's say that you had family members or, you know, a good friends from out of town coming in. How would you tell them to experience Roswell? What does Roswell look like to you from the travel aspect? Oh, wow. That's a great question. You know, we're, we're changing. I'm going to start with that. We're, we're really changing a lot. The Roswell I knew five, 10 years ago is not the same as the Roswell today or the Roswell of five years from now. Mm -hmm. So we're going to start with that because um, the dynamics of where to eat and what to do have changed. Mm -hmm. But Roswell is overwhelmingly friendly and warm and, and beautiful. There are so many places to hike and so many great restaurants to eat at and just terrifically fun things to do. I personally think that we're one of those pearls mm -hmm. and um, we're kind of, you know, I tell people we're in historic Roswell because technically we are, but then they go, so where are you on Canton street? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, and I know we're not on Canton street. Um, 
and that in and of itself, that piece is going to change. I think that we're going to expand to be Green Street and and right and and to come on over to Highway 9. And I think you're going to see a, a much larger area, all still very walkable, which is a key point. And um, I think people should be able to park and then walk and enjoy themselves and relax. And I, I think they'll find that they're in one of the sweetest towns in Georgia. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you are spot on. I think uh, the next couple of years are, are going to be, um, I guess, you know, very exciting. I'll say that kind of simply for, for what we can do moving people kind of east and west throughout Canton Street. Because right now, you know, kind of the, the, the joke is, well, people move north to south from south Canton to north and vice versa. Well, now you've got Green Street that connects um, over to Canton Street via Plum. And, you know, Green Street from there, it's very easy to hook up the Southern Post and to where you're located at Sil uh, Lily Sage um, off Alpharetta. And now we've got the boutique ho uh, hotel development going to bring in uh, retail and, um, and restaurants and obviously, um, you know, an upper upscale hotel. So now we're really kind of moving people um, all directions throughout town. So uh, we're excited about what that's going to look like. And, and to your point, yeah, I think I think there's a lot of opportunity with Green Street as well. So I appreciate you saying that. Yes, yes. And and I'm kind of here. I have this really great little vantage point because I get to watch the whole thing. Yes, you do. And right. <laughs> and uh, the Southern Post property it will also have a hotel associated with it, which will abut my property. Right. So it's going to be immediately next to me. And I get I, I don't know. I'm just very, very excited to see it. Yeah. I think it's great. And I, like I said, I get to be this little pearl here. <laughs> you got and, it. Yeah. And, and I, I, I think my little following is going to continue to grow because I have a lot of word of mouth. Um, and I, I, I'm loving it. I, I'm really loving it. I think I picked the right spot. It did take a little longer to begin to see that movement than I'd hoped. Right. But, um, but these things don't happen overnight. That's right. And, you know, and they have to be shepherded. Uh, and I think we've had good leadership there. So I, I think we're moving the right direction. And good. I'm I'm tickled. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's great to hear. Um, well, this has been fantastic, Carol. I mean, you're always a pleasure to speak with. And um, I, I know I'm due for a visit. Um, and, you know, we, we absolutely want to be certain that all of our listeners are able to, to find your physical space, but also find you on social media. So if you don't mind, share, you know, website, physical address, and then any uh, social media outlets you uh, utilize? You can find us always on Google under Lily Sage Apothecary, and it's L-I-L-L, -L, not L-I-L. -L. Um, we're also um, on Instagram and Facebook. You can again find it under L-I-L-L -L, Sage Apothecary. And um, our website is the same. Uh, it, it, our website, we have both. We own both domains, Lily Sage and then Lily Sage Apothecary. So just for short, you can find it. Look for the logo and you'll know you're in the right place, the little bathtub. Right. And um, yeah, love to see you. I'd love to have you come on in. 1097 Alpharetta Street, and, which is also Highway 9. But uh, we're just across from the intersection where Woodstock comes into Highway 9. Absolutely. Well, Carol, it's been a pleasure. Thanks so much. Hope we can send some business your way. 
for all of our listeners that are looking for information on Roswell, check out visitroswellga.com for places to stay, things to do, places to eat, and all that good stuff. And we will look forward to having you back with another episode of Crafting Roswell. Thanks so much.